Hello everybody, this is um, another episode on the mountaineering series and um, I'm actually coming back from, just coming back yesterday from my three-day climb of Mount Baker in Washington state. Uh, so this is what I want to talk about because one, it's very fresh, uh, two, I practiced for six months and some of my other podcasts about the fitness and the other requirements for mountaineering for, for the ones who want to go to a summit um, of a significant mountain, right? Um, it, it was all about, you know, my three-day mini expedition to Mount Baker. So it's kind of nice to wrap it up uh, on this on this episode now and talk about how it was, uh, sort of the experience, and then hopefully give you guys some tips if you want to do something like that. So, um, first of all, as I mentioned before, main, main um, requirement for a successful uh, expedition like that, adventure, some people call it, is to find the right provider. And in my case, again, I don't do shout-outs very often, I don't get anything from them, of course, but, um, you know, I did my expedition with Alpine Ascents International. They are based in Seattle. Awesome experience, super knowledgeable guides. Um, we had three guides. I'll get to specifics about the expedition so you know sort of what, what you could expect if you want to do something like this. Um, very well organized, great equipment. Um, I had to rent some equipment. Um, the logistics were amazing and um, really, really congratulations to Alpine Ascents um, for, the, for the wonderful job that they do. Um, worth every penny that I paid. Right? So um, again, I've been planning the expedition for a while and I'm training specifically for that. One of the things um, that um, you got to keep in mind is uh, it's going to be a three-day, in some cases, so I have some, sometimes two-day expedition or you know, climbing or sometimes even longer. Um, think about sort of the elevation profile and the distance that you're going to be climbing slash hiking every single day. So this is how I plan uh, my training in the previous months. Um, and uh, because I knew exactly what the elevation profile was in every single day right how much feet of elevation was going to we're going to gain as well as sort of the gradient right not just you know oh yeah we're going to gain a thousand feet but yeah it's over 10 miles so it's going to be pretty much a light hike uh or the gradient for instance in the day two when we summited was about 38 percent so it's pretty steep um on average um so Keep that in mind, right, in preparation for any climb and see each day what you're going to expect. So I had that in mind. First day, so just a, you know, as a recap for you guys, there is a gear check in the day before we departed. Um, super helpful. Again, I strongly recommend that when you're looking for a, um, a guide service that you look for that. Um, they will go over everything that is needed. Some of the requirements is just because their insurance will require, such as mittens, right? I, I hate mittens and I typically don't wear them, but it's one of, one of, one of their requirements, so I didn't have it. 
with myself and then bring it all the way to Seattle uh, where we did the gear check. But they said, you know, you got to rent it because it's our insurance. So it's fine. Um, but they will um, review everything that you should have with you based on the forecast, especially the weather, right, for the upcoming three days. So that's uh, that's it starts with that gear check. It's about a two-hour meeting. It's also helpful because you meet the other climbers and um, and you get to know them a little bit before you spend three days with them. Um, in my case, I was actually, <laughs> curious, interestingly enough, I, I was the one with the most experience um, in alpine mountaineering. The other six, and we were a group of seven, the other six had no experience uh, experience in in that kind of weather uh although three of them had just climbed uh kilimanjaro so they i mean they're fit um so but they didn't have that how to use crampons or ice axes or uh how to uh, walk uh in in a glacier right roped so that was it was interesting got to know them before that and then you know we kind of met the first day very early in the morning about 5 30 um in Seattle still we hop in a van with all the backpacks and we drove up it's about a two and a half hour drive uh, towards Vancouver um, to Mount Baker so that was the first day right we climbed about 2700 feet up um, I don't even know the miles I think it's about four miles in distance so again it's not very steep um, about 20 percent gradient uh, but along, you know, and, and it was relatively warm, so, you know, kind of sweating all your way up, uh, all the way to the camp. So they have a camp um, that sits at about 7,000 feet, um, right, where the tents are. That was pretty much the first day. The other thing that you got to look for, and it was specifically for this program, was we had a half a day um, give it or take of learning skills to um, for glaciers, learning skills to um, to you how to use uh, your ice axe for self arrest, kind of a you know snow mountaineering uh, school type. So super helpful. Also look for that if it's the first time you're doing. Why not you know combine some training with the actual climb? So I strongly recommend you do that. Uh, then the next day was about summit day, right? It was all about, you know, waking up about 5 a.m. Um, we departed at 6. The weather was nasty in the first day. I mean, a combination of rain, you know, wintry mix and very windy. But we were lucky. And, you know, the second day when we planned to summit, um, it opened up. It was beautiful, right? We had no clouds. Uh, wind was still a bit strong, but temperatures were fine. And that was summit day. Um, again, summit day, nine hour up and down. Uh, we did a few stops. Um, one of the things that I like and I would strongly recommend you guys look for is um, a group uh, of guides that actually uh, respect the pace of the group. Right? Something that I did not have when I did um, Mount Washington a few times. I mean, <laughs> my guide was just rushing in front of me uh, almost regardless of my ability to follow him 
um, you know, these guys were very uh, knowledgeable of everybody's space. And of course, you're in a group, right? So it's uh, there's always, hopefully, there will be somebody slower than you are. Um, uh, so that is important, right? And again, kudos to my guides. Um, one of them actually uh, is a is a Sherpa from Nepal. He's been living in the U.S. for like ten years, but he alone climbed Everest three times. Right, so that's the kind of people that you want to some extent. If you're in a group, if you listen to my other podcasts, I think one of my recommendations was: hey, don't get a guide that is super experienced, like um, because because they are so far ahead. If you're starting over, you know, just just starting mountaineering, that um, that it, it might be hard, right, for them to even understand because again, they've been doing this for thirty years, um, like it was my case. So I think they tend to forget that um, that we don't know anything about it. So I was a little bit concerned when you know one of my guides was a guy from Nepal, a Sherpa that climbed Everest three times, plus many other mountains, right? Um, but there is a but. Because I was in a group, right? It was if it was just him and I, I would be more concerned that um, he was going to set a pace that was going to be way above my my capabilities. But because we're in a group, and again, if you're not, even if you are the slowest, but if you're not the slowest, somebody will, right? On average, um, you know, somebody will be slower than you are, and and that's going to kind of pull the guides back a little bit, even they are, if they're super experienced and super capable. So that kind of worked really well. Um, you know, so that's just a caveat to my previous comments about you know, do not select a guy that is like an alien. Um, well, yes, do not select if you're by yourself. I think that's, that's just a caveat. And um, so that was day two, right, with all, all of us. Um, we summited fairly easy. The training worked. Happy to to report and my six-month training that I talked about with uphill athlete um, training peaks you know app and analytics uh, work well uh, really you know I was I had no problem going up and down it's exhausting it's a nine-hour remember nine-hour um, hike and climb and of course you get tired but um, I had no issues uh, and I was pretty much ahead of everybody else even though I was the oldest so Pretty happy with um, with the training. Uh, maybe I overdid it a little too much, you know. But it was great. And then the third day, we kind of used to relax because we we summited already in the second day, and we just came down about you know the twenty seven feet, um, twenty seven hundred apologies, twenty seven hundred feet down. It was more of a hike all the way to the parking lot, pretty much where we we you know, drove back to Seattle. So all in all, it was a great experience. Um, you know, great, uh, great weather. We were lucky. Um, the training paid off and the guiding, you know, service provided was amazing. Um, so again, if you are thinking about doing some mountaineering, like the other six people pretty much on the group, without any formal training, I would recommend Look for something like that, right? Look for a program that um, that will also offer you some training time to learn these skills as you accomplish something. So it's not just going, you know, um, to your whatever ski resort and do some self-arrest training and and learning how to use a harness and to you know and to rope up 
and walk through a glacier, but you're actually doing it and you, you have a goal. Uh, it's much more rewarding, I think. That, that was experience with Mount Baker. Uh, there was also some discussions about, I mean, we have many options in the U.S., but some of the familiar names that you're going to find is, is either Mount Rainier or Mount Baker. Mount Rainier is a little bit taller. It's 14,000 feet. Mount Baker is 11,000. They're both uh, volcanoes, um, stratovolcanoes. Mount Baker is actually active, so you can see the, the little vapor coming out of the crater. It's pretty cool. Um, again, slightly different experiences. I did not do Ryanair yet. I will. It's on the list. But um, if, you, if you read some of the uh, comments about you know, whether you should do Baker or Ryanair, because they're technically very similar. Um, I think the overall recommendation is go for Baker because it's much more pleasant hiking. Uh, it's really beautiful. You have a lot of different features along the way, you know, from from the bottom all the way up, you know, to the summit. You've seen, you know, you have experience to see glaciers. You have the experience to see the wildlife in, you know, in the lower part of the mountain, Um and, and it's a more complete experience. And technically speaking, you gain sort of the same skills. So they're very similar. Um, both of them, I heard, I mean, good things only. So think about those two mountains. If you live in the U.S., they're good options for to start with and, and try to include that training uh, in, the, in the process. So that's, that's pretty cool. That's what I had to say about Mount Baker really fresh i just did you know just came back from seattle yesterday so i just wanted to record this before i start to forget uh and on to the next one it's probably going to be um nepal that's going to be the big one for me uh in six months from now so i got more training to do and talk to you guys later thank you bye